Betting Radio now presents The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. That's how winning is done. Now get out there and do it. Pulls up, three-pointer. Let's go! What up, South Jersey? Ryan Rothstein. Welcome to The Fix. Night two, week two. Let's get it. I'm fired up. I'm a little too fired up. It's like the Super Bowl starting quarterback or the rookie for the first time in the big game. He has too much adrenaline. He's waiting in the locker room for an extra 45 minutes. It's a, It's an outrage. Are you guys listening to me yet? Are you listening to my picks? I was on with uh, Rich Q on Back Your Play earlier today, and he's on Tuesdays and Wednesdays right here, AM 1490, 4 to 6 p.m. And I said, uh, I'm not one to brag, but I did pretty well in NFL Week 2. He says, sounds like you're bragging. <laughs> hey, we're, we're a sports betting Radio network, okay? You you tune in to try and get some insight. And the debut show was last Monday night, and I'm just saying, here we are in the second week, and you look at my record, and it's the complete opposite of the Philadelphia Eagles record. No, I'm not undefeated, but 5-1 and one in my NBA spread picks going into the game tonight. Who did I tell you to bet tonight, ladies and gentlemen? The Denver Nuggets with the points. I'm not going to sit here and say I told you to bet the money line, but I did insinuate. You can't cash out an insinuation, but I did insinuate that Denver is not going to lay down, that Denver is not going to get swept. They should have won game two, and should have doesn't do anything for you either. But what's one thing that the Denver Nuggets have shown you throughout the postseason? Two straight series, they come back from a 3-1 deficit. We've never seen that before. They've been getting overlooked from start to finish in the postseason, the regular season, and here they are in Game 3 with their backs against the wall, and they're up 57-43 with just over two minutes left to go in the first half. Now, there's a lot of time left. The NBA is a game of runs. I'm not sitting here and writing it in pen. I'm not telling you to go cash out those bets just yet, but... (laughs) I look at what's in front of me, and it looks pretty good. What else did I tell you to bet tonight? Told you to bet the under. That's also looking pretty good. That's what we do here on The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And last night's show, if you missed any of it, it's available in podcast form. I got your back. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, The fix is there waiting for you. Hit the subscribe button and take a listen. Talked a lot about the Eagles. Talked a lot about NFL Week 2. Biggest surprises. It was a big favorites type of week for NFL Week 2. The favorites were 14-1 straight up. But it was also strange because a a lot of underdogs covered the spread. So two weeks in. How do we feel now as betters? Do you feel like you have a grasp on things? The overs have hit 
much more frequently than the unders through two weeks. Week two, 11 out of 16 games, the over hit. Home advantage with no fans. Is there still such a thing as home advantage? Talked a lot about that last week. And now with two weeks sample size in the books for us in the NFL. Home favorites. A winning record. I think it's 20 and 11 and a one push. I'll confirm that. I have that in my notes from last night. But So, so we're, we're compiling information. Nerds out there, we're compiling statistics. That's what we do. 59-45, my nuggets. They're mine, not yours. My nuggets, 14-point lead. 609-601-3290. You can pick up the phone and call South Jersey. We are live for you right here every night, same time, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., same time every night, 1030 John McMullen joins me, and he'll join me in just about 23 minutes from now. And Rich Q is making his debut appearance from Back Your Play to lead off our second segment. I'll keep you updated on the Lakers' nuggets. Rich Q's cutting my first segment short. I'm fired up, so he better match my energy. We're going to have a good segment here just on the other side. I'll keep you updated with Lakers' nuggets. And we have a busy show for you. The Phillies. You blew it. They lost not one, but two. Utah, give me two. They lost both games of the doubleheader today. Aaron Nola on the hill in game one against Voth. Not a moth. Voth, who had like an 18.7 ERA going into the game today. (laughs) I joke, but it was well over seven. Yet to record a win. And what does he do? Ah, He just pitches a complete game, of course. A seven-inning game. But nonetheless, seven innings for a starting pitcher in today's baseball landscape is basically like going 10 innings in the 70s. (laughs) And that's what he did. Phillies lose 5-1. A couple of big errors early in the game in the third inning. Aaron Nola, five runs given up. Two of them unearned. The Phillies now 0-4 in their last four starts when Nola or Wheeler are on the mound. That's their two best pitchers. Good stuff. Phillies, last week I was here saying, yeah, okay, we'll see what they can do, but they're basically a lock for the playoffs. Shame on me. They're now out of the playoffs as we speak right now. They're in a chase for that eighth and final wild card spot. I blame Doug Peterson. I blame Carson Wentz. So we got the Phillies to get into. The biggest surprises so far for NFL Week 3 spreads. I'm going to get into that. I created some parlays for NFL Week 3 because the favorites dominated in Week 2. We'll see if that trend can repeat. All that and more right here on The Fix with Ryan Rothstein taking you up to 1 a.m. on the other side. Rich Q, baby. Let's go. The second level. Whose last name would you take as your own if you had to pick one? Asman, Desiree, no, or Shander? It's not Asman. Ron Asman? Yeah. 
I think you'd have to go Tony, right? Ron Shander isn't terrible. Ron Shander sounds like a real estate agent. Ron Desiri or Ronnie D. Ronnie D is yeah. great. Tony D, Ronnie D. You guys are a couple of brothers out there. The Second Level with Aton Shander. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Malamut & Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut & Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut & Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. This is Joe Krause with this week's Financial Minute. One of the most important decisions you'll need to make when buying a home is choosing the length of your loan. Many banks and credit unions offer terms ranging from 10 to 30 years, with 15 and 30 being the most widely offered. Each of these options comes with its own set of pros and cons. Financial advisors agree that a 15-year mortgage is the best choice for those looking to maximize their savings over time by paying off the home and building equity faster. But since monthly payments on a shorter loan are higher, it can be more difficult to budget for them. On the other hand, a 30-year mortgage offers the convenience of lower monthly payments, which can help you if you're building your savings for emergencies and retirement while making payments. Need help finding the right mortgage option for you? Visit pfcu.com for more information. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Heard it work? Go right now to injuredworkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the sportsbook. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. You're home with a better network.
All right, everyone, welcome back to The Fix. And it's my honor, even though he, he cut my segment a little short there, only by a couple minutes, and it was probably good because I needed a breather. Uh, I'm excited to have Rich Quinones join me, and you can listen to him every Tuesday and Wednesday right here on AM 1490 from 4 to 6 p.m. Just an abs- absolute legend uh, in the South Jersey market. He's been doing this thing for a long time, and if you aren't tuned into him, I don't know why you aren't, but make sure you are starting tomorrow on Back Your Play with Rich Q. Follow him on Twitter at Rich Q. On cue. So, what's going on, man? I know I, in- I interrupted some Netflix for you, but <laughs> I-, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, well, listen. First of all, congrats on the new gig. I'm very happy for you. Second of all, um, you're hedging your bet a little bit by let me cut into your segment because you, sometimes you just have to do that. And and yeah, you start the show off with a little uh, panache, a little flair for the dramatic bragging about your friggin' picks over here. Now, let me ask you a question. When your picks go south, do we get to hear about it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, listen, man, I'll keep it real. You have to keep it real, right? Listen, you always do, and, and you brought up a really interesting point, too, with the way the NFL, and we talked about this a little bit last week uh, on my show. You know, it's I typically, Rye, I typically wait at least, the first three to four weeks of the NFL season, it's kind of like my feeling out process uh, to get a better understanding. And because you had the COVID, no preseason, training camp, everything was so limited, I- I'm shocked that we saw so many overs hit in week number two. Um, but it's crazy when you look at what some of the favorites have done over the last first, well, I should say the first two weeks of the season. It's really remarkable. And then you have something like, Last night, you know, the Raiders are a four-point home underdog plus 170 on the money line. They upset the Saints, right? That's a big win. We saw the Washington football team over the Eagles week one. I mean, it's just you just really can't figure out the NFL. You can't, and I don't think this year is going to be any different. No, it's been one thing, and that's what makes the NFL great. And there's a lot of things that make the NFL great, but just the, the parity. Like, in the NBA for a long time, well, it's the Golden State Warriors. Well, it's the yep. San Antonio Spurs. And in the NFL, we saw your New York football giants do it a couple times. We saw the Pittsburgh Steelers yep. with the bus do it. Like, you just you just never know. Green Bay Packers. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But, Q, I'll give you the floor here. And, and what's – let's start with this, just looking back a little bit. What's the biggest storyline for you from NFL Week 2? Uh, I think the biggest storyline, I mean, we can state the obvious, right, mm-hmm. uh, in our backyard, disappointing effort two weeks in a row by the Eagles. But I'm impressed with what Green Bay and, quote-unquote, no weapons for Rodgers, which, by the way, he's got the Tom Brady in him, right? This is the revenge tour. Uh, I'm shocked because I have the Cardinals going into the playoffs, Kyler Murray 2-0, surprised with Cam Newton's performance two weeks in. You know, those are kind of the positives, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the disappointment, I mean, look, you, you, you got to look at some of these quarterbacks. you got to look at the play of Carson Wentz. you got to look at the play of uh, Kirk Cousins. I know he's not liking that with Minnesota 0-2. I mean, he was just absolutely dreadful. So some of the quarterback play has uh, a lot to be desired. But I just think because there's – I think there's so much parity, it, it's hard – I'm not really shocked by anything, to be honest with you. Green Bay 2-0 – 
Uh, Cardinals two and zero, Eagles zero and two, Minnesota zero and two. You know, it's just it's it's the NFL. It's a week to week proposition. Yeah, it really is. And you mentioned Kirk Cousins and Minnesota. How about this? That you also mentioned Arizona. Arizona and Buffalo are four and zero combined, and Minnesota and um, Houston are zero and four combined because Diggs right. and Hopkins now both left yep. to go to Buffalo and Arizona. So. You need weapons in the NFL. Newsflash. No, it's a great point. You, you absolutely need weapons, and you're starting to see what happens when you take those weapons away from said players and said quarterbacks. You know, Cousins, he just looks lost out there. I mean, you, 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 you always need a game-breaker, right? We always said for so many years with the Eagles, you don't have to replace. It's, you're not going to replace a Deshaun Jackson, but you need a player to that can provide what uh, what he gave you. And teams like Minnesota, they don't have it. You know, you're seeing some great uh, play out of a tight end who's unknown with the Raiders last night. We saw with the Rams on Sunday against the Eagles. So at the end of the day, these teams, right, you have to have great players. You really do. Um, and that's what makes it tough to bet on some of these games. I mean, I always think the defenses are always behind. Uh, I'm sorry, the offenses are always behind when the season starts. And that hasn't been the case with so many teams. Uh, hitting the over, and it's crazy because when you think about this, how about that Chiefs and that Chargers game, right? Twenty three, uh, twenty three to twenty, you get the fifty eight yarder. Now Chiefs don't cover, right? They're closing as a nine point road favorite, stayed under to forty seven. But if that game, no one's talking about this play where um, uh, what's his name Hill took off his helmet. Mm-hmm. That's a fifteen yarder. Now all of a sudden, Kansas City's not going to have the opportunity to go for two. So think about that also while you're watching some of the games and certainly how it affects the line because now if that game gets extended at another field goal, 23-23, well, then think about this. A touchdown pushes the game to the over as opposed to staying under the under. So it is, it, it's crazy how these sharp, these Y guys get it pretty much on the nose. But it's just I believe, and I said this today, Ry, I believe that this season it obviously is going to be like none other than we've ever seen in the NFL. Uh, there's no home field advantage. We can talk travel all you want, but at the end of the day, you know, you're basically playing in front of some cardboard cutouts. I mean, that's just the end of It's just how it is. It's almost like a glorified scrimmage preseason games, if you will. And some of these teams, they have to get up for it. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, Doug Peterson is the veteran head coach in the NFC East. You have three other, you know, new coaches um, and really two retreads and a rookie head coach, right? with Judge and then McCarthy and then, of course, Rivera, and then you got Doug, and there's no explanation in the world. You can't justify how this team, first two games of the season, has looked flat-out flat, uninspiring, and just not ready to play. Yeah, and I want your thoughts on the Eagles in just a minute, but you bring up that Chiefs-Chargers game, and it's funny you bring that up because I'm going to talk about this later in the show. I have it circled. The Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Carolina Panthers for week three. And it was announced today that Justin Herbert is not going to be the Chargers starter moving forward. And that has to be deflating for that locker room. They've struggled on offense for a while now. You insert Herbert like 10 minutes before kickoff, and they had a lot of success. They should have beat the Super Bowl champs in that game. So that, that locker room, that offensive line has to feel really good about themselves with Herbert under center, and the head coach comes out and says, nah, we're going back to Taylor. i like the Panthers to cover that line. I think that's going to be a rough week three for that team now. Uh, it could be. I mean, to me, listen, no disrespect to Taylor, but he, he's a bridge quarterback. 
you know, let the kid out there, let him swing it. That line right now is currently six and a half. It wouldn't shock me if it moved to seven because if you knew Herbert was playing, I bet you that line would actually drop to maybe six. But yeah. I, I just think, yeah, I, listen, I, I agree with you. Sometimes you got to get these kids out there and you got to get them playing. You can't worry about it. Even that Denver line, right? Bortles obviously is not going to be out there, but that line six, I believe at the end of the day, there's going to be more money on Tampa because they're looking at Brady now, and okay, you kind of got the offense back in gear. Um, it's perception, right? Isn't it always perception? And I'll give you the perfect, perfect example when we talk about perception. You take a team like New England. More times than not, are you really telling me right now the Raiders are 2-0, and and I understand East Coast, 1 o'clock game, I get it, short week, whatever. But they took care of a pretty good Saint team that has some problems defensively. You're going to tell me that New England is 6.5 better right now? than the Raiders? I don't think so. I think that's perception because it's the packs, right? And that's yep. sometimes, you know, that's how they set the mark. Sometimes it's just the uniform, it's the reputation, but that's a tricky spot right there. It wouldn't shock me if the Raiders covered. It, it would not shock me if they covered that game. And I'm not going to say they're going to win it outright, but six and a half, is just, it's just, uh, I'm not going on the path side. I would take the Raiders and the points on that one. Yeah, I'm with you. It's really hard to get a firm grasp on it, and, and you can maybe try and outsmart the odds makers because they don't know right now, and that's not a knock on them. Their, their lights are always on for a reason, right? They, they know what they're doing, but the NFL right now is just wide open, and we're still trying to figure out exactly who's going to be, you know, the cream rising to the top, so to speak. So, Q, I, I want your thoughts on the Eagles and Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson before I let you go. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you know it... – it's it's been a disappointing, I think, run over the last, I would say, half a year really with Carson Wentz. And I know it's easy to always kill him, and I went pretty hard at him uh, today. But the bottom line is, you know, when you're a franchise quarterback, you're making the type of money that he's making. You're expected to play better. And when you hear the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who's been around now for a little bit, say. Well, I don't think it's really mechanics. Well, at the end of the day, he's just missing throws. So what is it? Is he hurt? Is it mental? Is he not comfortable? Is he seeing footsteps? Is he seeing ghosts? What's the problem? You know, Carson Wentz used to stand in the pocket tall and take those hits. We're not seeing it. Careless turnovers, turning into points, shorting up the field, red zone turnovers. It's not going to get it done. It's not all on him. It's collectively as a whole with this team. But, hey, at the end of the day, it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL. You have to go out. You have to flat out ball out. You've got to make plays. And I know he's capable of making plays. That's the bottom line. He's capable of making plays. Now, it's got to start Sunday against Cincinnati, who's not a pushover. You don't get it done against Cincinnati. You're 0-3. You might get a gimpy Jimmy G coming in, and maybe you win that game, but you still have the Steelers. You still got Baltimore. You know, you got some tough games coming. So, Oh, and two can quickly turn to one and three, one and four. Then all of a sudden, the whispers will start, right? The whispers are going to start uh, getting louder and the chorus of boos, the echoes of boos talking about this quarterback if he's really the franchise quarterback going forward. I still think he is, but right now he's not playing like one. No, he's certainly not. And they not only have to win this game. Listen, Eagles fans, they'll take a win no matter how they get it, uh, week three against Cincinnati. But in my mind, they have to put out some good football on film so they can get ready for those matchups that you mentioned. Their schedule doesn't get any easier, and they need to right this ship 
really quick or the wheels are going to fall off and the sky is going to be falling in Philadelphia like it does almost daily. <laughs> so uh, Rich Q joining me on Back Your Play. Uh, well, he's the host of Back Your Play. He's joining me on The Fix. But catch him Tuesday and Wednesday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. What do you have going on tomorrow, Q? Well, I, I told you well, before we came on, I got prep. I got everything going on. So we got the NBA. We got the NBA watching. I got to give the shameless plug. I know. I know we're pressed, but I got. Listen, Netflix has some great dramas. You got to watch Money Heist. I'm promoting Money Heist, which is they're trying to rob the Spanish. Wait, they're trying to rob the Spanish vault. No, the Turkish shows (laughs) is Ryan. I'm obsessed with these shows. First of all, Twenty Minutes is one of them, and the other one is Black Money Love. It's it's great. It's about diamonds and smuggling and. It's all set in Istanbul. I, I'm all about the, um, uh, what's that called, when you have the subtitles. I'm all about it. I'm telling you, you will be hooked. So don't mock me. Don't laugh at me. All right? <laughs> all right. I, I'm, I'm securing my manhood with this. I'll give it a try. <laughs> I'll give it a try, and I'm going to report back to you. I, that's what I want to hear. We got a lot of NFL tomorrow. We'll do the week three picks. Uh, Costco is going to come on. Nick Costco from 24-7 Sports in his college a uh, football pick show with his best five. We'll talk a little baseball with Gardner. Forget about the Phils. Hello to my Yankees back on track. And then I'm going to close with a little boxing talk. So um, we got a lot of stuff going on tomorrow, 4 to 6. Beautiful. Make sure you keep it locked in, AM 1490, every Tuesday and Wednesday. Back your play. Rich Q has you covered, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Q, get back to, get back to uh, some Netflix, man. I appreciate your time. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, I know, I know McMullen's coming on. I know he watches Turkish soap operas, so you ask him. I will ask him. <laughs> I will do that. Hey, keep up. Hey, keep keep up the great work, pal. Appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Thank no, you. No, I really appreciate it, Q. Bye. Thank you. There he is, Q. He's the man. I'm gonna have to watch some Turkish shows on Netflix now. I really hope he didn't just waste a half hour of my time in the near future. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, back to play. Rich Q. When we come back, he just mentioned it. John McMullen. We're going to dive more into the Eagles. The second level. For the fake news, the third story, which is Jake Asman schooling you on a tweet I sent over the weekend. This is the result of that said tweet. I got to talk to the guy after you who tweeted out that a new name was going to be announced in 15 minutes. Did you see that Yeah, tweet? so I think Aton was making the joke basically being like, oh, we have a bad PR story? Well, let's announce a new name so no one's Thank talking you. about Darius. Well, that Guys, was a bad joke. It went over my head. Yeah, he fooled you. See, I'm on Aton's level there. He was doing a little, like, joking troll being like, oh, watch them put out their name now. No one will talk about Darius. Guys, we'll be talking about their new name. That was awesome. And thank you, Jake Asman. Look at that guy standing up for me, and he said even I'm on his level. Jake Asman is on the second level. I was trying to bring you up there with that joke on Friday. I can't believe, of all people, you took it literally. The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Finding the right lawyer for your legal issue can be a daunting task. Researching the Internet, calling law firms, and trying to get a lawyer on the phone can all be a nightmare. And then you might not even find the right lawyer for your situation. My Lawyer Tree takes the hassle out of finding the right lawyer. Go to MyLawyerTree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE. That's MyLawyerTree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE and let them do the work for you. It's free, quick, and easy. My Lawyer Tree. When you need a good lawyer, now. 
I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute, presented by Russell Roofing and Exteriors. Potential upcoming storms may leave you and your family with unexpected roof damage or property damage. Russell Roofing is here with emergency services and wants you to consider these suggestions. Things you can do from the ground. Look for cracked, damaged, or missing shingles, moss, loose nails, and uneven or indented shingles. Inspect your gutters and downspouts for dents and an accumulation of roof granules. And when you have a question, call Russell Roofing at 215-887-7800 for answers. Inside your home. Take notice to water spots on the ceilings in your attic. Look for water damage in particular rings around the nails on the ceiling and feel to make sure there is airflow. And most important, don't delay. Go to RussellRoofing.com. Two S's, two L's. That's RussellRoofing.com. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute. I'll see you at home. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling. Most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the Sportsbook. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. All right, welcome back to The Fix. Good stuff there from my guy, Rich Q. Make sure you keep it locked in on AM 1490 every Tuesday and Wednesday for Back Your Play from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Quick Lakers Nuggets update before we get into John McMullen and some Eagles talk. Nuggets with the lead. 65-58, just about 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. I told you Nuggets plus 6.5 look good tonight. We'll see if they're able to hang on to this lead uh, and make this somewhat of a series. But 10.30, so it's time for the football fix. John McMullen, follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com. And, John, it's Tuesday now, and 
Twitter certainly hasn't pumped the brakes. And I know Jim Schwartz spoke today, and the whole world wants him fired. And ah, where do we start? (laughs) Yeah, uh, well, obviously it was a really poor performance from the defense. So, yeah, and uh, obviously – uh, Jim Schwartz has taken some hits. Interestingly, I, I think the way he reacted today uh, made him more of a target, if anything, uh, because he kind of fell on his shield uh, for his players and said he put together a bad game plan. So then everybody jumps on that and says, see, he put together a bad game plan. But obviously he's trying to protect his players who, who performed uh, very, very poorly. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off air. I'm not sure what I expect from fans when they think they're going to see a coach come on and say, okay, Nick Gary stinks. Uh, He he was just terrible. I I mean, I get the emotion. I get the passion. But, you know, if you're the coach, if you're whether you're the head coach, whether you're the coordinator, defense coordinator, offense coordinator, position coach, you got to go back to work the next day. You got to get these guys better, and you got to turn the page, as Bill Belichick would say, to Cincinnati. And what good does it do to throw your top linebacker under the bus? He's got to go out there and do it again on Sunday, and hopefully regain a little bit of confidence and play a little bit better. And I'm always amazed. By, by people that take that avenue and don't understand uh, coaching. And, and, and by the way, Jim gave a little coaching 101 uh, class to people today in his press conference. And, you know, he, he, and I say this all the time, typically with offense, because people are obsessed with scheme. And that's not the biggest part of coaching. The biggest part of coaching is managing personalities and, and getting the most out of your players. And from not only uh, a, a teaching standpoint, but an execution standpoint. So if you like, for instance, Kyle Shanahan, well, you can get 99 bucks and buy Game Pass and watch all the Kyle Shanahan tape you want and copy everything he does. It's not hard. Anybody has the ability to look at any other coach and just steal from them. So, I, I mean, people get, people get way too obsessed with X's and O's. It's about execution when you get at the highest level. And that's what everybody has said from Jim Schwartz on down. And I, I, it's amazing to me that people don't understand that. Everyone just needs to blame someone and Jim Schwartz has a little bit of a arrogance to him at least behind the podium and he's always getting crushed because well the corners play 10 yards off and the Super Bowl he gave up a ton of points and this it's like all right you you don't realize he's a top three at least a top five defensive coordinator in the NFL yeah I I don't think there's any question about it and and Jim can come across as a little bit arrogant but you're talking about a guy who knows everything about defensive football in this league. And, you know, uh, there's 22-year-olds who watch Game Pass think they know more. So, I mean, that tends to turn you uh, arrogant. 
in, in you know, to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who 27 years, I think it was 27 years ago, Bill Belichick, I mentioned him before, put, he, he was the first guy to hire Jim Schwartz. He put him on the fast track, and he still speaks with reverence uh, about sports and, and, and what he knows about defensive football. So, I mean, if that's on your resume, I'm uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm going to trust Bill Belichick over you. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good call. Um, so Carson Wentz is still the topic of conversation. Um, what, what can we expect here as we transition to the middle of the week? What do you think the Eagles are doing this week to try and get this offense back on track or just on track, not even back on it? Yeah, I, I mean, at some point, you you almost you know we all, we always talk about regressing to the mean when players are are, are just playing really well and out of their minds, you think about it from a baseball standpoint, maybe somebody hits 400 in April. Well, you know they're not going to hit 400 in a typical season. Obviously, they weren't playing baseball this year, but you get my point. They're going to regress to the mean. In Carson's case, you hope he accelerates to the mean because he has been arguably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and that is amazing and it's a small sample size it's only two games but he's been that bad and you know everybody focuses on the turnovers and i get it because those are game-changing plays but i can't even get to the turnovers because i'm stunned at the accuracy issues and the accuracy issues from a clean pocket and when you're having those types of issues ryan that's mechanics, man, and and they have fallen apart. And you know, we talked a lot about no off season for everybody. Uh, look, obviously, I don't know what Carson was doing in, in down in Texas at his off season home, but he did have uh, obviously his first child, and he had a lot of things going on, and he wasn't uh, in Philadelphia working, uh, and there looks like there's been a significant regression in his mechanics. And that's not good in year five because there are, let's be honest, I mean, and I always talk about it in the NBA, you mentioned Lakers Nuggets. I I mean, I I think what differentiates players like LeBron James and uh, whoever you want to go back to, Michael Jordan, look, there's a lot of guys, I I, I don't want to say, I mean, they have, obviously top-tier talent. There's no question about that. But they also have the work ethic to match. So there's a lot of guys who are phenomenal from a physical standpoint, but they never reach those types of heights because they don't have the work ethic to match. And I'm not talking, I'm not trying to say by any stretch of the imagination, Carson is lazy or anything of that nature. But I'm talking about that ridiculous, you go above and beyond. You never stop working on your craft, and and you just have that 24-7 workaholic mentality. I I don't think he had that this offseason. And maybe it is just life taking over, because obviously, you know, having a child is more important 
and working on your footwork when you can't even go back to the facility. So I kind of get it, but now that we're in season, we got to see rapid improvement with that from week to week, and it's got to start this week against the Bengals. Yeah, and leadership and Carson Wentz and his personality traits have been a, a topic of discussion in recent years. Uh, various reports who, you know, credible or not credible, those reports have come to the surface in the past. And Jalen Mills was asked about this today, uh, you know, essentially who's the leader now that Malcolm Jenkins is no longer in the locker room. And that's more on the defensive side. And you can touch on that, uh, John, but I think that's a legitimate question. And you and I talked about that a lot throughout the the whole summer is the team missing a leader right now. And how concerning is that? If that's true. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't think it's concerning in the locker room. I think there's plenty of leaders. There's plenty of strong personalities. I, I think from the defensive uh, part of it, it's it's an issue uh, on the field in that, you know, one of the things this team has been good at, even when they have struggled uh, defensively, is red zone defense, typically uh, amongst the top ten in the league, often top five. And I think Malcolm Jenkins was a big part of that, and, and not only because he was a, a Pro Bowl-level player, uh, but because he also uh, was that vocal on-field leader, was that guy who would take it uh, on himself to get everybody lined up correctly. And and sometimes when somebody made a mistake, he would have that. I, I always point to that famous Derek Jeter play uh, when somebody missed the cutoff man for the Yankees and, and, and that playoff game against the A's and he just realized that he had the innate ability and that was that flip play that has become so famous and that's what Malcolm would do if somebody busted uh, a coverage he would sort of make up for it at times Uh, I don't think the Eagles have that um, any longer Uh, and and that to me is the bigger issue the on field but you know if you saw Malcolm last night 32 clearly a descending player. So, I, I mean, from that standpoint, I don't necessarily disagree with the Eagles moving on, but when you move on from a player who has been successful, you, you generally are going to have some growing pains when you try to replace them, and, and hopefully as the season wears on, just like Carson and Mechanics, it, it gets a little bit better each week. I, I think that's the goal. What's the biggest adjustment that needs to happen on either side of the ball, and what's the biggest adjustment that will happen? Maybe it's the same answer. Maybe it's not. Uh, I, I think players, and I said accelerate to the mean. I, I You can look up and down this lineup, 22 players, 11 starters offense, 11 starters defense. There's very few that are playing up to what they were supposed to play at. You know, you could probably go, Lane Johnson played one game, obviously coming back. He was lights out against the Rams. He was really good. Um, Nate Herbig has been a big surprise. He's been much better than anyone expected. Um, everybody else on the offensive side of the thought, you can argue Miles Sanders, but he had the big um, turnover early which hurt him. 
Um, but he, he ran the football pretty well, so I'm not going to say he, he was terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Just about everybody else has played less than what they were supposed to. Same on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I can't pick out anyone with the possible exception of Rodney McLeod, who's played a little bit better than he typically has in the past. Other than that, you expected more, and maybe not the linebackers, because nobody expected anything of them, but I kind of <laughs> crossed them out. But Fletcher Cox is not playing like Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave just got back out there, didn't have a summer. I guess Malik Jackson would be in the categories played well, uh, but Brandon Graham has not played up to his typical level. None of the cornerbacks have played up to what they're supposed to be. Um, so I, it's almost the entire team that hasn't given what you uh, were expecting, and you would expect moving forward that did that would go back to a more normal level. Level. So if you want to be optimistic, you can kind of look at it that way. We talked about identity from the offensive standpoint, and you said that there is no identity right now with this team, and it's only two games in, and maybe if they were one and one, we would say that's okay, but they're still trying to figure it out. They have an opportunity, at least on paper, you would think, to figure it out against the Cincinnati Bengals at home. So what needs to happen? Is it an early and often game plan of the running game? Is it play action? Is it getting Carson out of the pocket? Is it simplifying things, something we've also talked a lot about? What What do you think that identity should evolve into? Well, until Carson finds that accuracy or, or can find that accuracy, I, I do think you almost have to default to Miles Sanders uh, as long as he doesn't put the football on the ground again. Uh, because he was effective running the football, uh, and he can obviously help you in, in the passing game as well. Um, typically, when Carson is playing like Carson, uh, obviously I think it starts with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, uh, and, and, you know, dominant tight ends over the middle. Um, and that's something hopefully they can get back to and hang their hat on, but uh, until I see uh, the footwork improve, until I see the mechanics improve, I, I don't know if the passing game is going to be consistent. So I think you almost have to lean on 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 Miles Sanders and sort of build the foundation uh, from there. And hopefully, as I said, it starts clicking uh, for Carson, uh, and he starts. I mean, you know, pro football focus isn't the be all end all, and I always say, but. They grade every play, and they grade every play with NFL coaches, and, and NFL coaches teach the other employees how to grade tape. So they kind of know what they're doing. And just to give you an example, Ryan, there have been 34 quarterbacks graded to this point, and there's only obviously 32 teams. Carson Wentz is 33. He's ahead of Drew Locke, and that's it. Nope. That's how bad he has played. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. I certainly did. No, I don't know how you could have saw that coming. That just would have been a hot take and a ridiculous statement uh, before these two games were played. 
Former Eagles, John, are having success, and there's a lot of people saying, oh, I, I told you <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> Talk about that. Uh, yeah, well, it's right. You know, we talked about the corners for Sewell Douglas is mm-hmm. playing well early uh, in Carolina. Ronald Darby's playing well in Washington. Uh, kind of amazing. Even Shandon Sullivan, if you remember him, uh, is is uh, part of Green Bay's defense and is considered uh, an emerging player. You saw Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> yeah, that, he looks unbelievable. It's almost... Seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, just from a see, confidence you know, standpoint. Yeah, I, I mean, Philadelphia can be difficult on athletes, and you have to have a, a strong uh, a will to play here. You really do. Uh, and and Nelson took uh, the criticism hard. I can tell you that firsthand. I mean, he really, really took it hard, and he lost confidence and. I, I don't think it's that way in Las Vegas. I don't, I don't think you have the passion uh, of the Northeast, and I think it's going to be really, really good for him. Ultimately, it's I, I mean, he's still got significant deficiencies as a receiver as far as tracking the football, and, and it just doesn't have natural hands. Uh, so you're going to see drops occasionally. But, you know, explosion, athleticism, that was never his problem. Uh, his problem was the issues with catching the football, and he, and he lacked confidence. And he lacked confidence because he would get killed when when he did drop it. And the, the passion is great at times. In, in the case of an athlete that can't handle it, it's not so great at times. Yeah, it's just from a mental standpoint. Like people are saying, "Oh, Nelson Aguilar," and you're right; he still can't track a football. But just how he's moving and how he's carrying himself on the field, he didn't handle himself like that in Philadelphia. So I agree with everything you're saying. There's a different man out in Las Vegas, and and good for him. But I don't know what the Eagles organization could have done differently. That's just where they're based and it's always going to be like that yeah it is i i mean and and that's you know first of all it, it's a really small sample size so yeah. when you look at look ultimately if everybody plays 16 games uh look i guarantee you darius slay is going to be better than Russell douglas uh, i mean it it, it it just is he's just a better player and that'll show up over the larger um sample size you've seen a guy like Rasul play really well with the Eagles over a game or two span and the more he plays uh, the more he would tend to get exposed and, and then the same thing's going to happen in Carolina so there's this weird narrative that like the coaching staff that won a Super Bowl uh, a few scant years ago all of a sudden can't coach can't develop players I, I you know if that's your belief on it I, I don't know what to tell you it's not the case. Uh, I mean, NFL players have good games, they have bad games, and um, I, I, you know, you could argue that somebody like Rasul or somebody like Ronald Darby would be better options than Avante Maddox, uh, maybe. Um, but you know, Avante outperformed them here, so um, you have to look at that as as well. Um, either way. Uh, this this 
sort of weird narrative that's starting and that, you know, oh, the Raiders are getting something out of Nelson Aguilar. I, I, again, I think that has more to do with the, the mental aspect, as we said. And and two games is two games. I, I You know, it, you never want to be 0-2, but uh, it is only two games. I think you have to pump the brakes a little bit. Only two games, but an important third one already for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we'll have you update it with all the latest news and notes from NFL Eagles insider John McMullen on the football fix every night this week at 10.30 p.m. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, and si.com. John, before I let you go, what's your biggest takeaway from the NFL as a whole in week two? Uh, the NFL as a whole, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I do think it, it's, uh, I, I've called this season a, a, a stress test again and again for organizations. And uh, I, I'm amazed at, at certain veteran coaches who haven't been able to get things done uh, in this COVID environment. And I think, to be honest, I think, I think number one is Minnesota and Mike Zimmer because they've been arguably the worst team in the NFL. And, and I think it's the Eagles and, and a Super Bowl-winning staff, as I said. They have not handled this situation. And you heard Doug Peterson earlier uh, this week, Brian, yeah. saying two and a half weeks is not enough to prepare. <laughs> well, he's right, but everybody else had two and a half weeks to prepare. He's and there's a lot of teams doing a better job than the Eagles right now. And that surprises me. It really does. Yeah, it surprises me, too. And I know there's a lot of factors uh, surrounding that. But we'll see how the rest of September into October plays out for the Philadelphia Eagles and the rest of the NFL. It's been a fun two weeks. And we'll continue to talk about it right here on The Fix every night, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Monday to Friday. Johnny Mack, you're the best, man. Thank you. Have a good rest of your night. Hey, thank you, Ryan. There he is, John McMullen. We'll do it again tomorrow night. One hour in the books right here on The Fix. Still to come, Lakers, Nuggets. Nuggets up big. Phillies 